Welcome into this week of Missouri Politics midweek update. I'm Scott Fine, I'm publisher of the Missouri Times, host of this week of Missouri Politics, and uh, we're going to talk uh, all things politics in a ramshackle quick way here. Um, let's start off at the beginning. There's there's a story that looms over every everything that um, everything going on, and it is uh, it's the passing of Ron Richard, an absolute titan, a um, an amazing man. Uh, you know, history will go down. He'll be known as the only man that was both speaker and both and um, uh, that was speaker and um, pro tem of the Senate. But to me, uh, there's a lot more there. You know, there's um, uh, I, I, I wrote a column about this. It was pretty candid. You know, uh, being from Southeast Missouri, you don't instinctively come by uh, loving Ron Richard. Um, I, I don't I don't know that many times. Uh, when when the sectarian fights broke down, we were ever on the same same geographical side, and frankly, for the majority of the time, the man knew me. He called me well, Tilly's friend over there. Uh, I take that as a compliment. I, I don't know that Ron meant it as a compliment. In fact, I think he probably didn't. Um, Ron Richard, uh, had, he had balls. He just did. Uh, he had. He knew who he was. I I was with Ron Richard at a couple of conferences where he was in a room with leaders of all, you know, governors all over the Southern part of the country. And he just seemed very at home, very knew who he was. I was, I've hung out with him in some, uh, we've had beer in uh, bars that were not great. Uh, I'm sure most people there were plotting on how they're going to rob us. He was the same guy. Ron Richard was the same man in those situations. There's a great story mechanic can tell you about when they went to France um, and they were at the D-Day Memorial or the Louvre or whatever side. Uh, he was the same guy everywhere he was. I think that really helped him know himself and, and lead other people. Um, you know, I, 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 he was a speaker, but I never got a chance. I, I think he liked being in charge. I think Ron Richard was a guy that was, you know, when, when Ron Richard entered a room, he just had a feeling that there was a dude that, that a, a man was there. A man's man was there. Um, I think he liked being in charge. I'm not sure how much he I'd love being speaker. He just looked like a senator. When he went to the Senate, he just, he was there for the, uh, the, ver the, the first term was, uh, I guess the the eleven twelve session. It was it was crazy. It was it was nuts um, in the Senate. You um, uh, you'd had a mutiny that uh, that saw uh, Senator Mayer overtake Senator Engler for leader. I think they tied. Kelton, you know how they solve a tie in a Senate Republican Senate caucus tie in a leadership race? I have no clue. They flip quarters. I draw straw. They draw straws. Yeah. What do you think of that? Seems very democratic. Well, there you go. Um, he got to observe that firsthand. And then, uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, the the interesting things about politics, the things that if you just come to this state and start reading the Internet, you don't the, the flavor that you miss is um, uh, everybody watching this probably knows. But there was a leadership contest. They were both going to be in their sophomore term in the Senate. And uh, Mike Parson was the guy that had all the commitments. Right. Uh, he had 16 north of. Uh, some would say he might have even had Ron's commitment. Um, but uh, they're at the very, toward the end of the uh, cycle. Um, Parson backed some folks in some House and some Senate primaries. He backed some folks that lost. And those votes were probably up for grabs uh, because of how those primaries went. And Ron got those. And Ron knew how to count votes. And he, uh, he, he beat uh, then-Senator Parson. And this is the interesting thing. So Senator Parson had a real reason to be pissed. He felt like he was, he felt like he had the votes, right? 
Uh, he felt like he was the, he was in the prime position to have the votes and had the commitments that he should have won. <laughs> However, he didn't throw a fit. He didn't leave the caucus. He put his head down, went to work, carried major bills. I don't know. I mean, I Ron Ron Richard on his own and Mike Parson on their own are hard to not like. They're really good guys. Ron, if you weren't on his list, which I, I, I don't know if I was ever on his list, but I was not on his list of friends, I don't think, for a long time. Mike Parson could have held a grudge, been a problem, da da da. Um, but he 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 now I'm not gonna say he he didn't um when there was a an opening under the norms of the Senate to take a stand the other side. I'm not saying he was a leadership man there. I don't know that the governor uh really was there for a while. But I'll tell you this, he was never openly confrontational. That he was he he uh was a good soldier. Uh, I think he, I don't know how much affinity they had for each other, uh, other than surface level, but I know there, I, I know there was respect from, from the time Senator Parsons in, and I, and I think Ron Richard proved that respect existed on the back end. Um, I, I, I wrote here about how, you know, the truth is, uh, everything about Ron Richard's life and career prepared him to be the person to stand up for the state when it was very vulnerable. Uh, outside forces that from outside of the state had came in and invested millions of dollars on someone that as much as Ron Richard loved the traditions of this state, Eric Grimes hated them. As much as Ron Richard loved our state's institutions and wanted to protect them, Eric Grimes wanted to burn them down. As much as Ron Richard loved this state, Eric Grimes had a real disdain for it. Now, did he, did Eric Grimes really have anything? I don't know. You have to ask him. I think a lot of it was um, sheer opportunism. I don't think there's... I don't think he meant going to the Obama rally. I don't think he meant going to the Trump rally. I think Eric Grimes would go to whatever rally he needed to do that day and probably probably fall in. And if you could describe a person that is the opposite of that, in every way it was Ron Richard, a true son of Missouri. Uh, Ron Richard knew this state, comfortable in its highest, most posh uh, penthouses, and he was comfortable at its most run-down dive bars. Ron Richard knew this state, and he loved it. Um, and everything about it was so it was so uh i don't know that ron ever i don't want to claim that he you know i actually do i think he did like me uh i, I think i watched him do some things but uh but it certainly didn't come natural uh i watched him there when everybody else was bending for guidance falling all over doing whatever he, he wasn't much for bending and i i it started off rough because you know, uh, you know, um, Cinder Richard was a Hanaway supporter. Uh, they, they, he'd knock you down to tell you that. But he was a, if I had to guess who Ron Richard voted for in the, uh, in the um, 2016 gubernatorial general election, I'm going to bet that the pin is right there by Harry Truman. I bet he voted for Chris Coster along with myself. Uh, but I think Ron was a party loyalist enough that he wasn't going to go rub that in anybody's face. I'll bet you he he probably went to the rallies and he went and had both. If I had to guess, um, if I had to guess, uh, we might have voted for the same guy. Uh, they wouldn't have moved the inauguration to the Hearn Center because Grimes had watched Trump on these rallies. He wanted to turn the inauguration into like a rally for him. Well, you can imagine how that went over with Ron Richard. Uh, there was a guy, Austin Chambers, who was working. It was the Wonder Kid working for Grimes at the time. Um, and he called him the Georgia Peach. And he said, I told that Georgia Peach, the Missouri Senate will be on the steps of our Capitol at the appointed time like we have since the founding of this state. And if he wants to be sworn in, he can be there and join us. And if he doesn't, he can just stay. He can go to Columbia. Um, 
it was his gravitas. It was his manliness. It was his, it was his, uh, it, it was Ron Richard and his love of this state that when everybody else, it was, it was in vogue to sell out. It was in vogue to bend and crawl. Not Ron Richard. Uh, when the, when the winds were blowing hurricane force of let's sell this state for parts, let's give this guy what he wants. He, maybe he can give me money for my, whatever I'm wanting to run for. Maybe he can do the bank, make me, me the director of whatever. Ah, da, da. Not Ron Richard. Uh, Ron Richard wasn't for bending and he didn't. And so, you know, um, uh, when the state was, was, was strained and stretched and tested like no other, he was the unbending force. And when he, uh, when he, um, I, wa I, I was at the Senate was in a filibuster one night. Uh, the most productive year ever was 2018, by the way. He, Ron Richard knew how to maneuver every little level of government. The folks that hated him in the Senate hated Grimes a little more. Um, and he knew how to move every button around. And they had a per, they such a productive legislative year. <clears throat> Maybe too productive, frankly. Um, but uh, I watched him and Todd Richardson. And you'd think, well, this state's got itself in a bad way. It's, it's laid prostrate for folks that aren't from here and didn't give a damn about her. And uh, Ron Richard was walking with Todd Richardson and he put his arm around and I just saw him from afar, but I saw Ron put his arm around him, not in a, not in a mentor father way, but in a, uh, a friend and a, and a colleague. And it was, and then Ron cracked the joke and you tell they both started dying laughing. Um, and that, that's the, that's the this vision I remember of him thinking this state's going to be all right. Uh, when it has men like Ron Richard and produces men like Todd Richardson. Uh, later he would share with me, he was sick his last year. Ron was, um, Ron, Ron dealt with some poor health, uh, I think toward the end of his career in the Senate. That's one of the reasons why I don't think he ever really, I think Ron Richard would have liked to run and been governor. And I think he could have been done a good job, but I think he was a little bit sick when he was still there. He came up for something for me. I got, a, I got a chance to give a flag to the a guy that, um, uh was from newton county that he had served in the war uh he came up the last time i remember him uh the last time i i saw him in person um was this past fall at our roast of caleb ron come up and it was the greatest thing and i had made sure everyone knew they'd be standing when ron came if you if you came in with term limits or whatever and you didn't know ron richard when ron richard speaks to a crowd in missouri they stood especially if it was in a missouri times event and uh, people stood to honor him when he came up. He told the worst jokes. I mean, they were just so unfunny. But his deadpan delivery took them all the way around the world from just not funny at all to just damn hilarious. And the whole, it cracked the whole place up. I, I don't even know if they can even tell what he was saying sometimes. But it's just his delivery and confidence that this was funny and the fact it was so unfunny. And his just deadpan delivery of it, it was hilarious. Um I, I think we got a picture somewhere of all of us dying laughing at when Ron's talking. And if you had read the transfer that you would think, what are these, what are they laughing about? But it was, it was great. Ron Richard was a true legend of the state. This state has lost a little bit of its guts. It's lost a little bit of its sense of itself, its sense of tradition, its sense of history. The state has a gaping hole left by Ron Richard. And uh, I don't know, uh, you know, in an age where, Hell, people think about their next Facebook post more than they think of the good of the state. Uh, can that 
spirit of Ron Richard hang in? Hell, I don't know. I, I, I'd love to tell you I believed it would, but I'm, uh, I'm probably not as optimistic of a German as I are to be. Let's talk about something else. Schmidt's maiden speech. Nice. Nice. Talked about the dismantling the administrative state. Hell, that sounds like a good idea. Um, you know, I, I think everybody's waiting to see, you know, uh, the state has to have someone that cares for, uh, we all pay taxes to the federal government. Well, I do sometimes as little as I, we pay as little as we can, but there's a lot of money that Missourians send to the federal government. Yeah. Roy Blunt made sure we got ours back, right? That's what he did. Didn't have a lot of help a lot of times, but he made sure we got ours back. Um, uh, hopefully, you know, you, you got to give person a year, but hopefully at the end of this year, you'll see the state's two U.S. senators. It'll probably take two people to fill Roy Blunt's shoes. Hopefully they step in. And I think uh, the job they do will be, I mean, if, if, if you think the job that they do will be defined by how many dumb things they can say on cable news, we deserve what we get as a state, if that's success, right? Um, I, I tend to think Eric Schmidt's going to do a very good job. Uh, this main speech was great. I thought he was doing the congressional baseball game. This is, this is the Eric Schmidt that goes in and wins people over and people want to help him, right? This is the personality that, we, that I saw do very well in the state Senate. This is the personality that I think uh, – the, the personality from that speech and the personality I've seen him display around the congressional baseball game – that's the guy that gets to know the assistant director of who gives a damn. And all of a sudden there's a new center for who gives a damn setting in, you know, Carroll County. Right. Uh, he, he, that's the guy that, that gets to know the undersecretary for whatever. And Mizzou needs $10 million to build whatever. And, and Eric Schmidt knows they got a call and he likes him. That's the guy. That's the, 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 the guy I saw on the Senate floor in his maiden speech, which is very good as you would expect. Uh, the guy I see about this congressional baseball game that's the guy I believe in, in, in short order will be the guy that goes to bat for Missouri and does the real things. I mean, he could do the, he could do the, the silly bullshit, whiny suburban Republican things. Eric Schmidt can deliver. If he chooses to put his heart into it, he, he can deliver for this state. He has the capacity to do it. Um, and I think he will do it. And I think it's going to be fun. Hopefully McKinnon and myself will get to say, I told you so to some people uh, at uh, at some point. Um, but I, I think he will, uh, you got to give a little time. Uh, these things don't happen overnight. And I would assume, you know, I have to think some of the stuff Roy Blunt had set up, uh, Eric Schmidt could finish and that'll kind of get him on a good trajectory of accomplishments of real accomplishments. Um, I think those are all possible things. Um, and I, I think you're, I've always believed it. You got to give him some time, but you're going to be proud that Eric Schmidt's your uh, United States Senator, not, not on the votes. Like if you're, if you're pissy about what Republicans vote on, whatever fine be be mad if you're a Demo liberal democrat guess what he's going to vote like a republican like a conservative i mean strap in if you're a right winger he's probably going to vote with leadership sometimes because that's common sense and you're right wingers and you're just mad and if you're left wingers you're just mad so i guess whatever go be mad but if you're a thinking person i think on the things that actually matter for this state if you give him time i still believe and uh this is maybe my germanic faith uh or faith in a, in a fellow cardinal fan I think he's going to do good for the state. Uh, and I think if you want to see the green sprouts of that, I may, I don't follow Washington to be able to tell you if they're there or not, but I, th I would assume even if they were whatever the case, they're probably takes, it's a, it's a lagging indicator. And my gut tells me that Eric will do, will do well. It's going to take a minute, but the guy that, the guy that gave that speech, I mean, that's, I like that. I mean, that's great speech. And that's just Eric. That's Eric Schmidt. You can just tell talking, right? And I, and I don't know how things are taken in Washington, not my Indian, not my teepee. But um, 
but I thought that speech was great. I thought that was the guy that people like. I thought the way he's played this ballgame, people like. So I'm I'm more bullish on that. Um, and I think there will be some accomplishments that to, to, to tout. And I think uh, here's the thing. You'll know. You'll know. There's a scoreboard, right? Uh, just like if you're some goof on Facebook. There's a scoreboard for how angry somebody needs for, to be for you to like them, right? Well, for accomplishing real things for the state, that same scoreboard exists. So we'll see. I, I'm I'm... I'm staying optimistic and bullish on Schmidt as far as being a great United States senator. Um, let's talk about Wesley Bell. Big deal, right? Big, big deal. Um, uh, coming in, uh, the race. I mean, look, here's the thing. I, I'll just tell you my my breakdown of it. Uh, I've got a couple of your questions here. I appreciate it. I'll get to them in a second. Um, the fact of the matter is that Wesley Bell, uh, well, let's just, let's, just, let's just flip it around, right? The Democrat Party. Whoa, whoa! What did I do here? I'm trying to view your comments, and I'm failing. My fault, folks. Um, here's the thing: the uh, Wesley Bell deal. Demo- Democrats at a high level, and all politics is kind of national now. It used to be all local. Have said that if you're a well, if you're Kelton, if you're a white heterosexual Christian male, you're the problem. You cannot. Anything you touch sucks and is bad, and anybody that's like you or looks like you. No one can vote for, right? Um, and Howard Park is right. I do want Schmidt to be another Kit Bond. What a tremendous, tremendous legacy Eric Schmidt would have if he was in the uh, in the mold of Kit Bond and Roy Blunt. What a, you're right, Howard. What a tremendous legacy that would be. But Wesley Bell, look, Wesley Bell's a smart guy, uh, good politician. You don't beat Bob McCullough in St. Louis County without being a good politician. And here's the thing. I mean, so you got Lucas Coons, talented guy, good guy. Look, I mean, looks like a good politician, can raise money. Wesley Bell, good politician, raised money in the past. I assume can raise money now. He'd have done this without money commitment. I, I explained to me how in a Democrat primary. So uh, Lucas Kuntz was set to run this one. And you had some same folks that make these allegations a lot, frankly, alleged some misgivings toward women right off the gate. Now, that is becoming pretty sing-songed anytime somebody runs that might not fit a mold. But but it, it it is a sizable part of what's in the Missouri Republican primary electorate. Now, I, I you know, Kelton, they say believe all women. I like to believe all facts. Do I think sometimes facts have led to women's stories being credible and they've not been treated credible? Yeah, I think that's true. But I, I'm, a, I'm a believe all facts guy. Um, But but then you're going to you've got the fact he's, you know, he's white. Wesley Bell is African-American. The the Democrats have a party. And, and look. They're not doing it to be mean. They're doing it out of a place of good, right? And it's and I would say there's a lot of white people that get bought up into it as much as anybody else. The identity politics part, I, I get it. I don't I don't necessarily agree with it, but I'll tell you this. I, I believe that they mean that they mean well by that. They want to give folks who maybe haven't got some chances some chances in jobs like executive level jobs or management level jobs or United States Senator. So it's 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 really part of Democrats practicing what they preach. You you can decide for yourself if that's good or bad. That's really not my place to tell you. But I don't believe anything with, with some of these with with uh, the Democrat Party's stance of wanting to elect more African Americans, elect more women, elect more of the LGBTQ community. I think it comes from a very good place of acceptance and and practicing what they preach. But you can't you know if you do that and that's your party's thing and you're a member of that party. I just don't understand how you're going to not elect Wesley Bell over Lucas Coons. Now he got in late, the AFL and different ones, but I mean, I I have a hard time believing that AFL is going to sink a lot of money against Holly anyway. 
or sink a lot of money against Wesley Bell. I, I maybe they will. I'm not. I, I don't know that they won't. That would surprise me. So I think well, Bell is your favorite in the primary. I, I and again, I feel bad for Lucas Coons. Lucas Coons was the fa- I mean, when Scott Sifton was running, you know, it's going to be a tough mat battle. Uh, I have a high regard for Scott Sifton, but but at the end of the day, when Trudy Bush got in, hell, I mean, she was a woman and she was going to have funded. Wesley Bell's an African American man; it's going to be funded. I think in a, in a matchup, we're in a in a party that is so small in the state now. It is super minority status. The electorate is very small, which means the extremes have a um, the extremes have a uh, out outstretched view, outstretched influence. Uh, I I my gut tells me I, I would be interested. I I, I want to have a Democrat on next week. I want somebody to explain to me how um, if they both whatever whatever decent funding would be. I, Lucas Coons, I assume, will raise more than a decent amount. He'd probably raise a good amount. Uh, but but what is that? Let's say four million bucks, right? Let's say they both have four million bucks. Well, let's say Coons has six million bucks. Explain to me how he beats Wesley Bell. And again, I I'm that it is you're you're into such the Democrat party in the state is in such small islands that I'm not um, that I, I don't know I don't th- th- and they are not islands I'm from by the way, but it is um uh but but where they are I you know I I I don't th- those aren't my next to the woods but i'm just saying when you start looking back at these races um the the message coming out of democrats nationally is being picked up and is being um is being adopted and accepted by democrats in the state uh and if that's the case i think wesley bell has a great chance to win so that just just my take on the front he's gonna put some money in the bank we'll see um lewis riggs told me he's running for senate gonna be interesting uh lewis riggs is a really great historian matter of fact you want to hear a great show me missouri Go to the one up there about Marion County. Oh my God, Lewis Riggs! It just—he is an encyclopedia of Missouri history. It's—he's outstanding. Speaking of, got to show you this here. I'm Kelly and Jeff City. Got another one of these buttons from Missouri Victory '88. Dukakis and Benson. How about that for back in the day? Then we got a guy named Jeremiah W. J. Nixon. What a big big guy! He, he turned out all right. Betty Hearns. That is Warren Hearns up there. Warren Hearns' wife, Betty. She was the first lady of Missouri. She was the gubernatorial nominee for Democrats. I think they thought Ashcroft might not be beat. So they went Betty Hearns. They get Carnahan as lieutenant governor. Bob Holden. I look at this. Three future governors right on here. Uh, Holden was treasurer. W- Wolf ran for AG. Look at there. Uh, felt a uh, young looking man. And then a gentleman named Askew that I am not super familiar with. But, uh, but, but uh, Wolf, it, you know, uh, Wolf is so smart. I mean, you know, and he's like charming about it, but he's just so damn smart. Three future governors on this pin. Thank you so much. I will treasure this. Three future governors, a first lady. I guess a, Duke Ox was the governor. Um, um, Duke Caucus was the governor of, uh, of Massachusetts. Lloyd Benson, longtime senator. Probably walked out of that campaign, the most respected guy. This will go on the scarf. If you're in town for any reason, uh, stop by. I'd love to show you where we keep all these things. My Stein here of knowledge. Uh, I got this from Chad uh, down in um, Springfield area. Thank you so much. It's awesome. It's got all the uh, state emblems of uh, of the um, of the German states on it. Outstanding. I think where's where's Holstein? Schleswig Holstein would be mine. I can't find it. It might be that one. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not glance uh, talented at this. Uh, last topic here. Uh, con- uh, the convention or the con- I'm sorry conservation. One of the biggest rulings, uh, the court rulings in recent memory, is a, a ruling out of the Supreme Court 
that says the conservation department can spend their money how they want to. Now, it's probably more legalese than that, but the legislature can't put limits. And here's the thing. Before this case was settled, this is also going to be, I bet you this case applies to the MODOC case, where you have these commissions that have some independent funding, right? So some independent money goes to the Highway Commission and Conservation Commission. There has been a longstanding, the legislature's kind of held a little bit of the old, the old, old Ozark equalizer above them the whole time, right? Just kind of held it right there. And they operated within generally listening to the legislature that could maybe affect their how they spent their money and their appropriation amounts. Now, I am not a lawyer. You we have to get it. We, we should have got Hadfield on. He could have told us all about this. I want to have Governor Nixon on the show, but I couldn't couldn't get him the end. Uh, Governor Nixon um, heavily involved in this. He the the ruling was that that hammer the legislature has no longer exists. Let's just put the hammer back. No more hammer. Uh, I don't know how they're going to. He, I assume this. And this is this is your old buddy, hillbilly buddy, Scott, not Scotty lawyer. Uh, the, the, it says Scott Fun on the door, not Scott Rosenblum for a reason. Um, I don't know how this doesn't affect the MoDOT one, right? If if conservation can spend their own money how they want to, how can MoDOT not? Now, I'm sure there's reasons, but um, I, I it would seem to be applicable. If both of those are there, I mean, this legislation going to come apart. If all they have to do is focus on St. Louis and screwing local governments, oh my God! Uh, if if Phil, my buddy Philip Bray in Grundy County should run for the hills because they'll be coming to tell him how to run his county, they'll be picking out road graders for him for long. Um, it's a big, big deal. Conservation now, frankly, doesn't have to listen to the legislature. The only way, the only check now that the legislature has on the conservation department is confirming their commissioners which I'm going to bet you those confirmations become more intensive. Uh, this, is a, this is a big, big deal. Um, here's the thing. The, the question for conservation now is going to be, can conservation, now that they're unshackled from the legislature, right? And see, that's why it was always dicey, right? It was always dicey for one of these departments to push this all the way there because if they would got the other ruling, then, then boom, the legislature is going to be all over conservation. Let me just tell you. How you turn the how you take a turn in the trail at Merrimack, it's gonna be they'd have been all in it, baby. So it was a gutsy move by the department by conservation. They won, so it makes them look brilliant. And they are very unshackled. Now, here's the thing about conservation. When you're from my neck of the woods, you want all the conservation agents north of I-70 that the state can have, right? They are not well thought of folks. Um, however, overall conservation definitely is. Um so we'll see. I, uh, I, I, I'll go back to conservation as a, um, it, it, if you didn't understand their value until COVID, you do now. Uh, can they control themselves? Because they're the only ones that can control themselves now. Can they control themselves? It, what's it, are you going to see when you, when you lose that lack of, when you get the politicians out, you get the oversight out. The oversight out, a lot of times you get some heavy-handed folks in there. And I'm of the opinion that you could absolutely, it's going to be conservation. I think every day is going to have to wake up and say, how do we make sure we're on the right side of that line of doing our jobs, taking care of the department, but not being heavy handed with the citizens? Because I think that's, it's, it's, you know, freedom, like a, like a landslide election is a curse. It could be a curse for conservation to be totally unshackled now. Um, are they going to be able to, to handle that, the power they have? The, the increased power they have, are they going to be able to handle that power responsibly? Uh, are they going to be able to, to, to run the department in a way 
that is still humble when they've lost one of their, one of their main reasons to be humble. It's going to take leadership to do that. that. It's going to be tough. And let me just be the first one here. I made my case last night to Dean Plocker. The Hall of Famous Missourians, there's only one person that should go in this summer. It should be Ron Richard, period. Period. There's no The, the, the sad part, Kelton, is going to be if you pick someone else, everyone's going to crap on it because it's not Ron Richard, right? I mean, there's just no other way. So long story short, I, I made the, the case of them. And Jay Nixon State Park should go back up. It was a petty, silly thing to remove it. Look look at what Jay Nixon uh, it was the biggest proponent of state parks state, the state ever had. He got the most votes of anybody in this history of this state. And he pushed state parks up to the hilt. He was their biggest promoter, their biggest fan. He deserves this. Um, and, and look at COVID. You couldn't even get a damn state park. It was, and I think those numbers have, have not stayed at that level, but have stayed high. I think Missourians reconnected and found out what kind of wonderful thing they had. And Jay Nixon deserves a lot more credit than he gets for it. And uh, I'll be the first one to say Jay Nixon State Park should be back. It's not even a judgment call. Conservation, if you're free now, get DNR together. Make this happen. This is silly. This is silly. Uh, it's the one great thing Ron Richard had. When Ron Richard spoke... He played political games. He, you know, I to say there was a perfect person, silly. Um, but when he spoke, Ron Richard, you thought he actually thought that was the best thing for the state. It's in a world where I see people so full of shit that, and they're just such pandering, just such weak that need affirmation all the time. They're leaders that need literally social media affirmation twenty four seven. I don't even know if Ron Richard had a Facebook account to be honest with you. But when he spoke, he spoke with authority. He spoke with the authority of a person that he, whether you agree with him, and I didn't agree with him a lot. Most of the time, didn't agree with him. But when he spoke, you really believed somewhere in him, he thought that was the best thing for the state. Now, again, you know, I, I you disagree with his conclusions, but um, I think at the end of the day, how he played the, a, a central role in, in stopping the tidal wave and the dam from breaking and what was going to happen to the state is his finest hour. I think that was, he was made for it. And I, I, I stole, I quoted the Stan Musial statue. When you see Ron Richard, he was Missouri's perfect warrior. He was Missouri's perfect knight. And if you want a good night, Courtyard by Marriott. Uh, get your stuff now for veto session, state fair. Uh, when you come to town, uh, I'm going to go before I get choked up. I'll see you uh, Sunday from our St. Louis studios.